Happy Mother's Day. And so I've asked, um, since I'm not a woman, uh, I've asked Danita to, to tag team with me this morning. So my wife. So Danita, happy Mother's Day. Welcome. Thank you. And good morning to you and happy Mother's Day to you. When I say the word home, what does that conjure up in your mind? Well, I recently heard Charles Swindoll define home as a, as a museum of memories. And when we think about our home, I mean, we have so many memories that create this museum. Here are a couple of the memories. Uh, this is Erica and Ethan when they were little. They're so cute. <laughs> and then we have the two sisters together. They were seven years apart, Erica and Emily. And then look at this picture. Don't they look so sweet? They're sleeping. What so happened? Like, I don't know. But I am convinced, the more I've thought about this, I think Ethan's faking it. There's no way he's sleeping. He'd normally be pestering his sisters like this. Um, and then they suddenly grew up. This was Easter time. 27, 26, and 21 years old. Lots of great memories. And then we have this memory of October when Erica, our oldest, was married to Jeff Davis. So that was a really great memory. It's really fun. Um, when I think about my home growing up, I'm so thankful for my mom and the tremendous job she did of creating a, a home that was full of positive memories that far outweighed the negative ones. Um, she truly built her house. In Proverbs 14:1, it says, The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Ladies, let's, let's read that together. Proverbs 14.1. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Well, who of us, any of us in our right minds, wants to fall into that category of the foolish one who tears hers down with her own hands? I mean, who wants to build a house, a museum of, of bad memories? In fact, you may be thinking, well, that's kind of a negative subject to be talking about on, on Mother's Day, right? But if you will look down the streets of your neighborhoods or down the hallways or corridors of your apartment complexes or condominiums, you will see houses that are being torn down, sadly. My mom was an alcoholic, and a couple of times she was hospitalized for addiction to Pills. Yeah, my mother disconnected a little bit from the family due to uh, my brother being in Vietnam, missing for a while, we didn't hear from him. My mom is a very strong-willed woman, and it's her opinions are the highway, and we don't click. There were times um, when my mom would uh, uh, say negative things uh, about my father uh, in front of us kids. My mom was an alcoholic uh, when I was growing up, so there were... A lot of good times, but then when, the, when she was drinking, there were really some really bad times that put a lot of strain on our home. It was almost as if I could never do good enough. For school, grades were always a little shy of her standards. I never thought my mom didn't love me, but at times it was like, I know she loves me because she's my mom, and that might be it. Well, you may be saying, um, well, I want to build my house. But I've got all this, these struggles that I deal with. You know, I've got um, these memories of how my mom built her house. 
And I get caught up in despair, possibly in discouragement, with just the challenges, the everyday demands of taking care of your babies or preschoolers or addressing concerns with middle schoolers or high schoolers or even addressing concerns with your adult children. And perhaps these feelings of inadequacy creep in. How can I build a house, whether I'm married or single, whether I have children or I don't have children, whether you're grandmothers or your aunts, you all have this concern. How can I build my house? When you, when you have your habits, your anger, your issues, your concerns, and possibly the temperature in your house gets a little too hot too fast, and you've said some things that have been hurtful and scarring to your children or family members, and you've pushed them away. Well, I come to you this morning with some really good news. No matter what, what stage you're in in life, you can build your house Every one of you women is capable of building a place in your home and making it a place where your friends and your family want to come to, a museum of good and positive memories. So I ask you today, are you building your house or are you tearing it down with your own hands? You know, you can't look at your house and say, well, if these certain people with these certain personalities didn't live in this house, then I could build it, right? Or if my circumstances were different, then I could build my house. And maybe you reflect back on your own childhood and you say, if I I didn't have these childhood scars, then I could build my house. Or perhaps if I had more time, I could build more house. Or more energy, I could build my house. Or maybe if I had more money, then I could build my house. But ladies, this morning... Let's just set aside every and any and all excuses that we make. And let's take an introspective look at ourselves. And one of my favorite verses is um, in Genesis 1-1. And it it describes Elohim. And that's I, I love that name because it identifies him as the creator. And he created all of us as whole creatures with three different components. Spirit, soul, and body. And he created us to be whole, but within this, um, there is a battleground. It's not a playground. It is truly a battleground because the soul can drive the body, and the body can drive the soul. And ultimately, every single day, there is a battle between your spirit and between your soul and your body. And I want to illustrate this with a story about my children, Um, and I know that These battles begin when they're young and early stages, and they only escalate. And Eric and Ethan were about three and two years of age. And they were supposed to be playing in one of their bedrooms, and I was busy in the other part of the house, um, taking, working, you know, doing laundry, that kind of thing. And I heard this loud crash in the kitchen. And I stopped, and I thought, you know, I don't hear any crying, and they're continuing to play, so I'll just finish what I'm doing, and then I'll go in and check on them. So when I went in the kitchen, I found them on all fours, on hands and knees, and they were licking up this substance. And I looked closer. A five-pound canister of sugar was lying on the floor, and they were licking like little puppies on all fours, just licking it up. And they were so excited because they had hit the jackpot, and they were determined to consume as much as possible before they were apprehended. Well, right then, I knew I've got to struggle. I've got to struggle with my soul and my spirit. I mean, immediately I was angry. I thought, here yet is another mess I have to clean up. 
And then the more I looked at them, I thought, this is hilarious. They are down. It's like they think this will never happen again in life. So they're licking this sugar up. So I had to walk out of the kitchen because I didn't want them to see me laughing so hard. You know how that goes, moms. You can't let them see you laughing, right? And as I was out in the hallway, it's just as if the Spirit reminded me, are you just going to deal with it this way? Or do you remember that verse in Proverbs 13, 24? Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Now, I realize this is a very minor incident and illustration. After being a mom for 27 years, these situations get more and more challenging. And there's always that battle between your spirit and your soul and your body. How are you going to handle these yeah, things? Yeah, but what happens like when the parents are out of the country and the kids say, can we have a small party? Yeah. And 104 <laughs> friends show up at the house? Yeah. <laughs> or um, the parking tickets because the cars are registered in college to the parents? All the parking tickets come to the home address? Not us. Not us. Not other, us. People. other people. Right? Other people. It didn't happen to us. Are the tanks of gas are empty? Or the cars were borrowed without asking? Are there dating people? I mean, again, those are the issues. And that, that we don't we, think, we, yeah. we read about those things. We, don't, we have no idea personally. We just we read about those in exactly. books and magazines. All these kind of situations. Yeah. It's a battleground. You live in a battleground. Everybody in this room does. It's not a playground. And so what do we do because we live in a battleground? Is God going to help us with that? We have two key verses this morning. The first one is, you've already heard it, the wise woman does what? She builds her house. Say it with me, everybody. The wise woman builds Builds her her house, house. but the foolish woman does what? She tears it it down. So it's such a goal to be wise. I don't think anybody wants to tear their house down, but the wise woman builds her house. Here's the second verse. The second verse is about your spirit, your souls, and your bodies. Here's how we play in the, in the, in the battleground. So everybody has a spirit, everybody has a soul, everybody has a body. It's true with everybody. Everybody in the room, spirit, soul, and body. Say that with me. Spirit, spirit soul, soul, and body. body. Say it again. Spirit, spirit soul, and body. body. So everybody has that. That's just being human. That's not being spiritual. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's your human spirit. Everybody has a human spirit. Everybody has a soul. The soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And everybody has a body or you wouldn't be here. So here's what he says. May God himself, so in other words, we get the picture that God's about to do something. God's going to do something in your spirit, in your soul, And he can do something even in your body. So God's up to something next. May God himself, the God of peace. You only have peace in your life when God is directing your spirit, soul, and your body. You will not have peace in your life unless the Heavenly Father is guiding your spirit, your soul, and your body. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you. That means set you apart. That means I've created you for an eternal purpose. I'm going to sanctify you. It means I'm setting you apart because I have a plan, a purpose for your life. So may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. All of me. All of you. Not a portion of you. All of you. Through and through. And then he says this. May your whole spirit, 
soul, and body. And we're going to talk about the Spirit in several layers this morning. Be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. And he will what? He will make you do it. Is that what it says? It says he will do it. And this is amazing. It's an amazing passage of Scripture because the Lord Jesus Christ is faithful and he's going to do something in you. So what did he do? He put his spirit inside of you. Now that's the Holy Spirit. Every person, Christian or non-Christian, has the human spirit. But it is only when your, your human spirit is redeemed, bought back, and your human spirit surrenders to the Holy Spirit. Now there's the battle. The battle is inside of you, am I going to surrender to the Holy Spirit who's come alongside of me? And so what he's telling us is, this is what I've done. I've put my spirit inside of you. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit? This isn't the human spirit. This is now the Holy Spirit. Now God says, I've come to put my spirit beside your human spirit because I've designed you to have fellowship with me. And when you have this amazing fellowship, your human spirit with my Holy Spirit, that's when the party begins. God's Spirit dwells in your midst. He tells us the same thing three chapters later. Don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? Okay, ladies, let's break this down a little further. Um, For a moment, let's think of ourselves as a triangle. And each point of the triangle, we're going to label spirit, soul, and body. Um, If the triangle is sitting on its base, there's only one point in the upward position. And that is the point that will dominate you. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, when distinguished from the spirit, the soul represents your emotions and your personality. And all of us know what kind of trouble when we, we get into, when we allow the soul to be in the utmost authoritative position in our lives. I mean, that results in some tremendous trouble. Our feelings and our personalities were given to us by God, but they were never, ever meant to control us. You can't build your house if your soul is ruling. Now, picture that the body is in the upward um, position in your lives and momentarily ruling over yourselves. Well, we don't have to be extremely smart to figure this one out because we know what can happen. We've all experienced it, the upheaval firsthand. What happens when your body rules, your uh, fleshly appetites, your physical drives, your physical habits, they all take over and they master you. And certainly our physical bodies were fearfully and wonderfully made, as Psalm 139 says, but they were never meant to control you. When your body controls you, this leads to bondage, and you can't build your house if your body is dominating. So by by this time, you figured out that the spirit needs to be in the utmost authoritative position in your life. You know, thankfully, Um, His word says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? All we have to do is ask, um, ladies, for more of his Holy Spirit. You can build your house if your spirit is surrendered to the Holy Spirit. We think this is confusing, but I want to make this as clear as I possibly can. This is your human spirit. Every person has this. This is why, this is the part that distinguishes you from all other creatures. You have a human spirit. 
And your human spirit is eternal. Really, it's immortal. And that's why you've heard me say dozens of times, everybody is going to spend eternity somewhere. So it matters about your spirit because if you don't give your life to Christ, your spirit goes to hell. If you do give your life to Jesus Christ, your spirit will go to to paradise, Abraham's bosom, and eventually to heaven and and into his glory. So it's it's a great word picture. This, though, is talking about your human spirit. And so everybody has a soul, mind, will, and emotions, but it won't last forever. Everyone has a body. We know that, right? That ain't going to last forever, right? I mean, it's fading away, some of you, some of us. And then um, some of you faster than others. And then the, the, the spirit itself, the human spirit. So the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to come inside your human spirit. If you give your life to me, I'm going to take up residency. It's kind of like this supernatural consolidation. I'm going to come inside of you. And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no. And all day long, God's Holy Spirit inside of a believer is saying no and is saying yes. And this is why he talks about the realm of the Spirit. You, however, are not in the flesh. He's talking to Christians. This is the church at Rome. He says, you don't have to operate in the spirit of the human spirit and the soul and the body, you can have the Holy Spirit inside of you guiding and directing all the the portions of your life. But you're not in the realm of the flesh, but you're in the realm of the spirit. Now, we don't use the word realm today all that much. We use the word zone. He's in the zone. They're, They're in the zone of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God, what? Lives inside of you. And so I just want you to think about this for just a second. The God of the universe has chosen to live inside of you. The God who created minuscule molecules, the God who's created gigantuan galaxies, this God says, I'm not going to live in a tent in the Holy of Holies. I'm not going to live in a temple in Jerusalem, a Holy of Holies. But I'm going to live in the people who've said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. The people who claim my Son, I'm going to put my spirit inside right next to their human spirit, and all day long, I'm going to say no, and all day long, I'm going to say yes. No to consumptions. No to compulsions. Yes to moderation. Yes to freedom. Yes to better health. All day long, this connection of the Holy Spirit inside of you is saying, no, yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, no, all day long. And you feel that. And everybody in the room who's given their lives to Christ, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you know when the Holy Spirit of God's going, ding, 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 don't do that. That's not a good idea. You know, don't, don't slap him, you know, don't, don't do anything silly, right? Don't, don't, don't go, out, go off in the flesh. Don't let your emotions control you. You know that. And the Spirit of God comes alongside of you. This is just amazing. Look how big he is. This is from Isaiah chapter 40. This is just a small example from Isaiah, the Old Testament, talking to us about how great and how big our God is. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? I mean, who can do that? We have a God who can do that. 
And he talks about that spirit. Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord? That spirit of the Lord is what comes inside of you. That's his Holy Spirit. So when your human spirit surrenders to his Holy Spirit, your whole spirit, soul, and body will be kept what? Blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is amazing. Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him the knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were dust. Now it's highly possible for us to have the Spirit of God inside of us. Why? Because the one who calls you is faithful and he will what? He will do it. So why are you trying this on your own? Why are you trying the self-discipline thing in the flesh? How's that working for you? How, how long can you control your soul? Maybe a little while. Maybe a week. Maybe a month. How long can you control the, the body, the flesh? Maybe a month. Maybe it's six months. But eventually, failure is what? It's imminent, and he knows that. He already knows that you cannot control your soul and your body. May God himself... The God of peace sanctify you through and through. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. Wow. How am I blameless? Because he's cleansed me from all my sins. And he's buried him in the deepest sea. And he remembers them no more. Is it possible for that to happen? Well, these folks say My mom was the rock of our family. She cared for those in need, and she was very forgiving. She was always the backbone. She was always there doing her form of encouraging. She was there baking the cookies, waking us up in the morning, making sure our homework got done. Like she was the woman that was on fire. She was completely dependent on and devoted to uh, two things, God's word, the Bible, and my father. My mom was very big on uh, routine and tradition. So like, for example, Christmas time was always she would wait till my sister and I were home and we would all do the Christmas cookies together. She always made us aware of the value of family, whether it was having uh, a dozen relatives to the house or 50. My mom is fantastic. She always built up me um, and my household by continually encouraging and just selflessly pouring herself out. She was very generous and attentive to our needs, our physical needs, um, and that was a huge impact to me. Simona, some of you may be saying, well, this sounds pretty simple, right? I mean, you're here today. That's a step, but this isn't simple at all. Simple is attending a women's conference. Simple is joining a connect group. Simple is listening to Spirit FM or Joy FM while your kids are in the car with you. Simple is even doing your daily devotion, maybe your Jesus calling every day. All these things are great, but to have your spirit surrender to the Holy Spirit, this is not simple. Um, I want to give you some keys, and they're in your bulletin, that will be helpful um, for you to gain victory in this area. The first key is to receive Jesus as your Savior. And the second one is to bow daily, perhaps a dozen times daily, to the control of the Holy Spirit. I remember when I was learning to um, 
catch the big ones when I was fishing, deep sea fishing. And we would go out with some friends of ours um, from South Africa. And my friend said to me, you need to, when when you hook the fish, you need to bow to the fish and then reel. Bow to the fish and then reel. And I would have to do this like a dozen times before I would get this big fish in, t- in the boat. But she, the, she caught an 80-pound cobia on that fishing trip. She's been hard to live with ever since. <laughs> I want you to know. I needed to show him how to do this, right? But the principle is the same. You are bowing to the Holy Spirit perhaps a dozen times to the Holy Spirit for a day. Um, And, you know, you have to think about this because this is when the battle, the question of authority and the battle, the daily battle comes up every single day. Who or what are you going to to bow to? And who's going to be in control of your life? Now, ladies, when, when you know you need to get up out of your chair for the 10th time to go discipline a preschooler and you're done, you have no more patience left, what's going to control you? Or maybe you need to go into that bedroom and have that hard, hard conversation with your teenager or your middle school or whatever. And you, you're exhausted because of your responsibilities throughout the day. Or maybe you need to show respect towards your husband in front of your children, even though he doesn't deserve it in your heart and your mind. What are you going to do? Is it going to be your soul that controls you, your mind, your will, your emotions, how you feel? Your personality, is that what's going to control you? Or is it going to be your body, um, your fleshly appetites? You're going to go get some more of something that you crave, your physical habits and your drives? Is that what's going to control you? Or is it going to be the spirit? Um, thankfully, his word lays out a workable approach for us in Joshua 24:15, Read this with me, ladies. It says, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. And the next one, Luke 9, 23, take up your cross daily and follow me. Well, number three on your bulletin, a daily recommitment is not to ensure that you will never fail, but it's to help you develop the mentality that every single day is a new day to live for Christ and a new day to build your house. And fourthly, obedience to Christ. This is not like some diet that you just suddenly blow. Obedience to Christ is something to which we recommit every single day, no matter how you blew it the day before. And victorious living, it's not an instant arrival. It's not an instant arrival at all. In fact, it's, it's the pursuit of one victorious day until the sun sets on enough victorious days that you begin fo- um, forming these victorious habits. So, ladies, um, when you hear all this today, how does it make you feel? Do you want to give up? Have you given up? Does it feel like it's just such a tall order? You're not quite sure how you can do all this? Well, good. Give in. Maybe don't give up, but give in to the power of the Holy Spirit. Give in to the Lord Jesus Christ. Give in to the plans and purposes that your Heavenly Father has for you. Now, I I, I think this is hard. We, we think this is hard. But we think it's doable because, again, God gives us the strength and he wants to partner with us. And so the choice is always about where are we on that triangle? Who, who's at the top? Is our soul at the top? 
is our is our body at the top is our or is our spirit at the top and so i've got a i've got a, the next slide i want you to be able to identify where these things fit on the triangle so now here here's for you to kind of figure this out when you see this list of unbelief pride deception insecurity feeling unloved rejection addiction food-related strongholds, guilt, despair, unforgiveness, depression, sexual strongholds. Where do these fit on the triangle? This is what you've got to think through every single day. So let's go through this list now and see how much of this you, you've already gotten. When you see if unbelief, I just, I just, I'm overwhelmed with unbelief. That's your soul. Your soul's at the top of the pyramid, the triangle, because your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Pride. If you're all bucked up and bowed up and how great you are and want everybody to know how great you are and what, what your life's like, that, that also is your soul. That's your mind. That's your will, your emotions. Deception. Obviously, deception is the, the soul. Insecurity. Obviously, that's the soul. Now, let me ask you this question. Why would any of us feel insecure if the God of the universe has chosen to live inside of you? I want to hang with you. I want to reside with you. I want to have this sweet fellowship with you all day long. I want to say no to you. I want to say yes to you. Why, why would any of us let the soul rule us with insecurity when he's come to live inside of us? We, we feel unloved. We have a heavenly father who gave his son for us. We have a heavenly father who sent his son to a Roman cross who died for us. Rejection. Why should I feel rejected? I have the spirit of the living God inside of me. It's not to be all puffed up. It's to be on my knees, overwhelmed with humility that God loves me that much to put his spirit beside my human spirit. Addictions, though. Now we, got, now we go to a different side of the pyramid. Now at the top of this triangle, the body just got at the top. I've got these addictions, now the body is probably reigning. Food-related strongholds, that would be the body. The body would be at the top. Guilt, despair, now I'm back to the soul, aren't I? Guilt, despair, my mind, my will, my emotions. Unforgiveness, it's definitely the soul. The soul decides not to forgive somebody. Depression would be the soul. Sexual strongholds, though, would be the, would be the body. I just put the body back at the top of this. And so, no matter how long any of these have had you in its grip, folks, ladies, this is a new day. This is a brand new day. But some of you ladies think in your soul that because my mom had this, and my grandmother had this, and my aunt did this, you think you're destined to repeat it. And so you ask yourself the question, does God want me to have these soulish and body strongholds? No. He has come to set you free. Because may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through and through and through and through and through until your whole spirit, soul, and body are just blameless. And he can keep you blameless. He can keep you whole until the day of Christ Jesus. So we want to we wrap this up um, this morning with a song by Will Reagan called Lay It All Down. And, and maybe it's time for you to, to lay it all down.
Just sit there peacefully, relax, listen to the words, and, and where the soul is ruling in your life this morning, lay it down. Where the body is ruling this morning, lay it down. This is an opportunity for all of us to lay everything down at the feet of Jesus. You were given a tool this morning, and ladies, we're going to ask you to take this home and uh, put it in your refrigerator, put it in your mirror, put it in your car, wherever. But this is a tool to really reinforce this whole bo- spirit, soul, and body concept this morning. And the tool is a, it's a prayer tool. Lord, I need help. Oh, I just put the soul on top. Oh, oh, I just put the body on top. Lord, I, ne- I need help. Help me to surrender my spirit to your Holy Spirit and to put the Holy Spirit back on top. To where it belongs. So um, I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come on down, and I'm going to ask you all to stand up. And Danita, would you close our service this morning? Why don't you close us in prayer? Father, we come to you this morning with grateful hearts. We are so thankful that you are a God that we can turn to. And we're so thankful, Father. For your spirit that lives in us, that empowers us. And as your word says, you have given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Father, remind us of that through the power of your Holy Spirit. This week, every single day, to bow to you, to lay it down. And Father, we recognize that it's not going to be by our might or by our power, but it's going to be through your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I lift up every one of these ladies in this room whatever stage they're in, whatever season they're in in life, I bring them before your, your throne, Father, and I ask that the God of hope will fill them with all joy and peace as they trust in you so that they will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we look to you for breakthroughs. We look to you for victories in our lives, and we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Have a great day. See you.